I want to speak about this message about celebrating progress. I declared from beginning of July after the first, after that week of looting, that we are committed to rebuilding. And folks, rebuilding isn't just the amazing efforts we did at cleaning the streets or replacing shacks that were burnt down in, in Raysthorpe, etc. That's part of it. But folks, rebuilding is something we commit to doing every single day. And I want to submit to you the most important building that you and I need to do is co-laboring with Christ to build our own lives. Because you are the person that God wants to use to rebuild the city. And if you are somehow and in some way not co-laboring with Holy Spirit to build what He wants to do in your life and in, in effect actually breaking down what He's doing, you will be sidelined and not be able to be used by God to actually rebuild your family, your community, your children, your friends, uh, your business, folks. God is want to flow through you, but if you aren't co-laboring with God and actually stewarding all the good stuff that He's put inside of you, then literally you, you, the enemy is sidelining you from this great, great, grand purpose of literally discipling nations, causing nations to come to Christ. So I'm speaking about something called Celebrate Progress. It's so simple. I was like, no, you guys, you guys are spiritual giants. I need a big topic with an impressive title. But I'm sorry, it's simple because I want to submit to you sometimes the small, simple things we do make a profound impact. You don't need a PhD in theology sometimes to, to really live a successful life. This truth of simply celebrating progress, I believe, is, is one of the life-changing things that we, if we would commit to do. And I've, I've got this picture. I love this picture. I hope you do. If you don't, please don't say <coughs> anything right now. Just... Uh, I love this picture because it's a picture on the beach. I don't know who took it where, what beach, or what. obviously a little pebbly beach. But somebody has taken some time to build a little pile of rocks. None of you have ever tried to do this with a bunch of round pebbles. I'm going to tell you that person spent quite a bit of time sitting on that beach building that little pile of round pebbles because round pebbles don't like to stand on top of each other, etc. There was huge intentionality. There was design intent behind somebody piling that little pile of round rocks. And it's beautiful. And folks, do you know how easily somebody could just smash that pile of rocks? I mean, literally, you, don't, you hardly have to touch it. Just sort of wave your hand at that pile of rocks. It'll probably fall down. And it just so reminds me, it is so easy to break down and destroy. Remember that quote I put up about Madiba? It is so easy to break down and destroy. It's heroes that commit to building. And I want to submit to you, even... And the most important building that you need to do is co-laboring with Christ to build your very own life so that that can overflow and you can build people's lives around and in your workplace and in our city. We need builders, but do not break down the delicate work of Christ shaping you to look more like Him. It is a delicate work. And I'm saying, if we would just get this celebrating progress, celebrating the small steps, it'll make such a difference. Now, I mentioned small steps. Now, for all of us, I think we all walked into church. But you know, walking didn't come naturally. You didn't come out of the womb and sort of walk off and say, thanks, Mom, I had a good time. It was a good nine months over there. 
And around 18 months to two and a half years, somewhere over there, you started moving, first from sitting and crawling, and then at some point, you, yes, even Zanele and even Cass, can you picture baby Zanele, baby Cass? I know, okay, <laughs> and baby Cynthia. At some point, you were on your knees, and you pulled yourself up on maybe some furniture or something, and you stood, and you were just wobbling. And your mama and your papa got so excited that baby Sonella was standing, and she's wobbling, and you know, it's like they wobble, and boom, they fall down. And you celebrate, not the fact that, oh my goodness, Sonella fell, fell down. You celebrate, she stood. And then, you know, a couple of days, she's standing, she's standing there, and then, you know, she takes a step, and oh, she took a step, and the camera's going, and you're messaging Granny and Auntie and everybody, baby Zanelli took a step. But then, after one step, she fell down. Do you take a picture of her falling down? Do you message everybody? Do you, would you believe it? Zanelli took her first step, but then she fell. Can you believe it? She's a human being, she's meant to be mobile, and here she's falling. And then do you message Granny, she fell 15 times trying to take a second step today? No. We celebrate, she took her first step, she took her second step. She's coasting, coasting is, you know, when they're walking next to the, the furniture, holding on to something, etc. We celebrate progress, we celebrate what babies are doing, not the fact that they're falling, that they're making progress. Folks, how come when we grow up, we get fixated on he fell, he tripped, he, 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 whatever, he wiped out. We, we have such a culture of fixating on the negative, on the failure, on the faults, on the shortcomings, and it destroys the work of God in our own lives. I'm like, can we collaborate with Christ in our own life that I'm not going to fixate on, yes, folks, this side of eternity, we will, we will mess up. We will blow up sometimes. But are we going to fixate on those things? Or are we going to celebrate the small successes we have? I believe that is key to co-laboring with the Holy Spirit that Christ performed in us. So, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. One swipe of the finger. And the whole world, your whole world changes. It's incredible. Whoa! amazing. This is my key screen, superpower, superpastor. Okay. We celebrate small steps. Jono, we celebrate small steps, boy. One swipe and the whole world changed and the whole worldwide web, you know, the millions of people on the internet screen just changed like that. Kaboom! Okay. Philippians 1 verse 6. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. This is our theme scripture, our foundation scripture. Folks, it starts so simply that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. This is such a grand picture of your life and my life. And what, I, what I've actually been surprised that in the last while, I can't say if it's months or years, how often I've prayed the scripture. When I'm praying for people, I'm praying this scripture. And it's... and and and. Just when I was like, Lord, what, what scripture is the key scripture to communicate this and bring this principle and this truth across? This is the scripture that, I, that I'm bringing us to. And I want to look at, because it starts with, you began a good work. Folks, what God does in you and me is 
good. I, I went to actually just go look uh, in, my, in my Bible dictionary at the original word. No other translation could I find that used any other word except good. Good is what that word is, is what um, the Apostle Paul wrote when he, when he was looking for an adjective to describe the work of God in your life and my life. He chose the word good. It's the same word used to describe in Genesis regarding everything that God had created. God is still creating. He's an active creator. He hasn't stopped in your life or my life. He's still working as He did the day He spoke the heavens into being and the earth and all the planets. He's still working in you, you and me. And the adjective to describe the work of God in your life and my life is good. It is good. Tell your neighbor, it is good. Amen. I'm praying, my prayer is that we would just open our eyes and every day notice the progress and celebrate the progress of God's good work in us. It is literally life-changing. So let's go on. Kaboom! Look at that. Did you, did you, did you hear the earth shake as I just flicked my finger? It's incredible. Wow! Okay. We must, I think I must put in sound effects here when I do that. It's like, kaboom! Okay. This is what um, Charles Spurgeon said about the words good work. Who began, he who began a good work in you. This is what he said. The work of grace has its root in the divine goodness of the Father. It is planted by the self-denying goodness of the Son. And it is daily watered by the goodness of the Holy Spirit. It springs from good and leads to good and is altogether good. Isn't it beautiful? It's just this metaphor of, it's really, it's a gardening or farming picture of growth and how Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are working, synced and in one, working your and my life to bring the goodness of God out of our lives. And folks, do you see it? Can you see it? Can you see the little things every day, the goodness of God being worked in your life? But remember, Paul goes on in this verse and he says, he will bring it to completion. This good work that he started, the same good work he started in the Garden of Eden, when he created Adam and Eve, and he's working in us today, he will bring it to completion. And this is what Charles Spurgeon said about this. Where is there an instance of God's beginning any work and leaving it incomplete? Show me for once a world abandoned and thrown aside half-formed. Show me a universe cast off from the great potter's wheel with the design in outline, the clay half-hardened, and the form unshapely from unclean, uh, uh, incompleteness. Folks, what, you, what God has started in you and me, His good work, He's going to bring to completion. And the completeness, remember what the Scripture says, and I, I'm, I'm putting the Passion Bible up here, because it, it, it just it, it, it amplifies and says it so beautifully. What does is, what is this, this completeness look, at, look like? Look what the Passion says. I pray with great faith for you 
because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this glorious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you, folks. That is the ultimate goal of this good work, is maturing you and will put his finishing touches to it till the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, this work of working goodness in you finishes when Jesus returns, the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it is a work of maturing you and I. I, this year, Jen and I did a devotional for um, Every Nation we're part of the Every Nation family of churches. And they did devotionals for the month of December. Jen and I were asked to do a devotional for the 31st of December, the last devotional of the year. That was, that was the end of it. And Jen and I, we spoke about that God desires in everything to shape us to be more like Jesus. That was the essence. To, to glorify God and that we would be like Jesus. And, and I never realized how significant that word was for 2021. Remember, my, my brother sent me, you know, last year pandemic hits and my brother sent me this, this meme. He said, yeah, you know, in years to come, you know, if you've had a really rough time, you're just going to say, yeah, it was a 2020. <laughs> I mean, thinking about that in 2021, particularly after the looting and riots at Peter Maritzburg, and I'm thinking, you may say a 2020. I think I'm going to say a 2021. You know, what was your, what's your life like? Oh, it's a 2021. But I've been reflecting on just the significance that Jen and I spoke about. God's ultimate purpose for your life and my life is to glorify Him by shaping our lives to be more like Jesus. And the incredible thing about having that glorious, that glorious vista, that that the, at the end, I'm going to look more like Jesus and I'm going to bring glory to God through my life, is totally, totally unconnected to your circumstances and my circumstances. And ultimately, you and I know that sometimes the rougher the circumstances we are going through, the more God seems to shape and work in our lives that we can become more like Jesus and more and glorify Him more. The more things don't work out, the more, more things don't happen the way you'd like them to, if we surrender to Christ, I've, and, and, I've, and I've just reflected so many times, I haven't spoken so many times this year, it's like, sure Lord, I don't like this, I don't want this, I don't choose this. I mean, that week of looting, I was like, Lord, is this real? Is it really happening? Is this happening in our city? I can't believe it. But the whole time I was like, God, work good out of this. Work good out of this. May you be glorified somehow. I can't see how this is going to happen. And folks, I believe this is, this is what God is doing. He's completing this good work in us, no matter what the circumstances are. So what I want to do now is I want to look at why we do not celebrate progress. Now, the, and, and why am I saying this? You know, I can come and say, give you five reasons why we should celebrate progress. But if there's stuff in your heart that is preventing you from, from receiving this word and actually moving into that space of actually being able to recognize what is good, the good work that God is doing in you and, and, and working in you, if you... 
if there's stuff preventing you, you'll be like, okay, mm, okay, those were pretty slides, it was a nice picture, even though you may not agree with me, okay. But why do we not celebrate progress? Firstly, we live in a culture that is incredibly negative and celebrates bad news. Have you, do you know the adage that bad news sells newspapers. Now, I heard that many, many years ago. You know, they actually did, they've done research on this, and they've, they've, they've literally would, would, would put fake, you know, sort of news things, but more positive news and bad news on a newsstand. That's back in the day when people used to buy newspapers. Did, some of you, you don't know what a newspaper is. Okay, just wave at me. Okay. okay. People would pick up the bad news and buy the bad news. The good news doesn't sell. For example, let me, let me put this to you. When last did you see a headline about a celebrity couple that have just celebrated their 30th wedding anniversary of being faithfully married and loving each other more for 30 years? When did you read about some celebrity doing that? How many have just in this week maybe heard of some celebrity who's just had an affair with somebody else and their marriage is breaking up and then to their third boyfriend while married to this other person, etc. All you hear in that sphere is disaster and calamity and it's just one smash up. Because we live in such a negative culture where bad news sells. Now, folks, we cannot afford to apply that to our life, to your friend's life, to your husband's life, to your wife's life. You cannot afford to live with such high levels of cynicism that you question everything your work colleague or your boss does, questions their motives, you won't listen to them. You, you can't afford to live with such high levels of mistrust, which is at the root of this bad news culture. I, I mean, I I'll be honest, I was listening this week to our president's testimony at the Zondo Commission. I, would li I listened to him alive. I decided I'm going to listen. I want to hear, you know, proverbially from the horse's mouth. And then I went to go and I went, clicked on some articles where there now these political commentators and people commenting on what the president said. And I was like, were you listening to the same president I was? Were you listening to some president somewhere else in the world? Because that's certainly not what he said. And what I was struck by was these political commentators and news bods were just trying to find so-called juicy tidbits and trying to find a negative spin on everything he said. I was like, what is wrong with you? Can't you just report the man said X, Y, Z regarding that matter? And he said A, B, C regarding... Just say it like it is. Why do you want to spin it and make it negative, etc.? Now, I'm just applying it to one area, and I'm trying to say we live in a culture that just looks for juicy negative things, but you cannot afford to live like that in your personal life. It'll destroy the work of God in your life. I cannot afford to question my wife's motives, my daughter's motives, my son's motives, and assume that everything in their life they're trying to do is negative and etc. It'll be a disaster for my own family. I will literally be sabotaging my own family. One of the principles of the kingdom is faith, which is trust. We have to choose to say no to cynicism and live in trust. Okay, so you have to recognize this. Okay, next thing. 
We are so often, so many people are living under condemnation, guilt, or shame. Now, I've put it there, but these are realities. It can be a mindset and an attitude. Absolutely, for many people it is. But it's more, we live in a, in a world that is under the influence of the spiritual realm. And I want to submit to you, just as much as there are spirits of lust and greed and violence and anarchy and hatred and jealousy, those are big, ugly demons that I've, I, I have no doubt are operating in our planet today. I want to submit to you, as actually, I've shared this before, I believe that behind them are spirits that work in people who've come under the influence of those things to bring condemnation, guilt, and shame. And people experience more destruction in their life, not from the big ugly, the big ones of jealousy and greed and lust, but it is the condemnation, guilt, and shame that comes after you've listened to the, 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 first, the, first, the first attack against your life. And, and this, folks... Jesus came to deal with all of this, not just the greed and jealousy stuff that, that, that we need to deal with. He came to deal with this as well. So many people just deal with the first level, and they don't go deeper and allow, allow Jesus to take the condemnation, guilt, and shame to the cross as well. Folks, we have to deal with this. If we don't, I was actually just engaging with Oni. There's so many people who... It's not just that they have a negative mindset. The negative mindset has resulted in them literally having self-destructive behavior to themselves. Not just in their mind. It starts in their mind. And it can be a spiritual attack. But literally where they are physically harming themselves in so many ways. I actually was sharing with Oni. I went, I was just doing some research. And, and it is astonishing. I literally couldn't, I couldn't carry on reading this article I found on the ways that people physically harm themselves. It was like, my goodness, I eat too much information. I can't do this. Folks, if you're in that space, if you're living and you've come up under this stuff, you will not be able to celebrate progress. And I want to highlight this to you. This message will go over your head. And literally, folks, I mean, I was talking to Oni, this is deep stuff here. If you are there, please, please, we have an amazing counseling in a healing ministry called Sozo. Please message our administrator. You've got the WhatsApp number. It's a messenger. Say, I really, I recognize what the pastor was saying on Sunday. You don't have to tell her this. You tell the counselor. But recognize this for yourself. I need some help here. I need some help. Do not destroy your own life. Do not partner with the enemy to destroy your own life. Next point. Don't. Why don't people celebrate progress if they don't understand God's love and amazing grace? Uh, last week, Stella was leading prayer, pre-service prayer. I don't know what, why, Stella. At some point, you just said, Ah, they don't understand grace. Do you remember? At some point, you, do, you don't remember. It's, it's fine. When, when we get over 50, it happens. But it struck with me. It struck with me. She said, they don't understand grace. I'm, I'm saying it's, it's grace and God's amazing love. Folks, when you understand the depth of affection that the Father has 
lavished on you. When you understand the fact that His one and only Son, He said, I love Shaden so much that my Son, my beloved Son, will you go to the cross, that we can destroy everything that's separating me from my beloved Son, Shaden. Folks, when you get a hold of that, you'll be ruthless with anything destructive in your own life. The love of God, the grace of God, is life-changing. It is life-changing. This, this concept of celebrating progress becomes easy when you get God's amazing love and the depth of grace and favor that He's lavished upon you and me through His Son, Jesus Christ. Next point. Why don't we celebrate progress? Because we strive for perfection instead of simply doing the best we can under the circumstances with the resources that we have. Folks, so many people are literally, I want to say, tied back from fulfilling this, the, 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 the great potential they have in, him, in them. And it's not... And it's the simple thing that they, they are trying to do things so well that they don't get anything done. Years ago, a friend of mine said this to me, and it's the last line. He said, Jacques, do rather than do perfectly. I, as somebody I know, I mean this was many years ago, had such a high level of commitment to... This was back in the day before we had WhatsApp and whatever, where you had to email friends who were far away. And they wanted to write the perfect email, which was, you know, three and a half thousand words long, to communicate everything. But because they didn't have time or capacity to for, they actually didn't do any communication. And I remember talking to this person and saying, just send two lines, I'm missing you, I'll get back to you. But this, this thing of, I need, there's so much I need to say, I'm not going to say anything, resulted in nothing being said. Do rather than do perfectly. If you can't write that, just say, I'm thinking of you. I'll get back to you. I literally, who, somebody said that to me this week. I th was it Orne? Who was, somebody messaged me. I, you may be sitting. Somebody, I messaged them and they said to me, I can't remember who it was. And they said, it was Musa. Yeah, it was Musa. <laughs> I, I, was, I, I messaged Musa, how are you doing and everything. And she said, Ah, oh, thank you so much. I'll get back to you. And literally, I think it was yesterday, she eventually did send me a voice note, gave me an update on how she was doing. But I so appreciated the fact that she said, listen, I'll get back to you. I just can't right now. A day later is fine by me. I know for some of you it won't do. Do rather than do perfectly. And finally, negative self-talk is an unconscious habit. You can't, you see, celebrating progress is actually positive talk. Negative self con and, and, and folks, this is where we need to help each other. I have on more than one occasion, some of you may have even be sitting here and say, I remember that. Just challenged people when they are responding negatively to themselves. Something happens. Whatever. You know, you, you need to go and it's like, oh, where are my keys? And it's now, instead of where are my keys, it's like, Oh, oh, Wonka, you idiot. Where did you put those keys now? Some people talk like that. And I'm not, Wonka, I've never heard him say that, by the way. Okay, I'm using him as an example because I don't think he does it. But we, you, the, the talk is so... And, and when, you, when it's spoken, it's like 
If that's what's coming out of your mouth, what on earth is going inside your head? If you just blurt out, oh, a wonky, or let me use another example. Okay, Josh is also big and strong, and he would never do this, you know. Um, you know, if you just hear Josh saying, oh, Josh, you fool. Folks, you know the scripture actually says, you know, do not call your brother a fool. How much more yourself? Those, those times you do that, it's glimpses into your own soul, like, what is going inside my inner world? How come I'm, I'm talking so negatively right now in front of myself? So these are some things um, that, that I want to put out there, why we do not celebrate progress. Now I want to look at why we should celebrate progress. I want to honor uh, Steve Buckland. He's a pastor at Bethel Church. He inspired me with this. I heard a message a little while ago where he was talking about this. I want to honor him and respect him. These are, these are some of his ideas. They're kingdom ideas, and I just want to... Uh, just honor him. The first thing is why we should celebrate success, progress. It opens our eyes to see where grace is manifesting in our lives. And that uh, Philippian scripture is just the key scripture for this. It opens our eyes to see where grace is manifesting in our lives. Folks, you see, when you celebrate something small, for example, it's Friday afternoon and you just realize that irritating co-worker, you didn't get cross with them once this week. You were able to graciously forgive them the whole week. You, it's Friday and you haven't lost it with them on the inside of you at least, not once this whole week. That's progress. It's hallelujah God. You are working patience and long-suffering and endurance in me and I'm becoming more like Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay? This is so important, folks, because grace is, grace is a, a huge concept of where God by His Spirit is working not anything to do with you, but because of His amazing love for you, where He is just choosing to pour favor and, and anointing and enabling in your life, not because you're so amazing, but because He's amazing and He's chose to love you and lavish you with an amazing love. To recognize spaces that He's pouring His grace in your life is so significant. We often do this when we pray for the sick. Do you remember last week we prayed for Rachel? And remember, what I did is we prayed once, and then I asked her, well, what is going on? Is the, how's the pain? You know, and sometimes people may feel a tingling, a cold, a heat, whatever. Why am I doing this? I'm like, where is the grace for healing flowing in Rachel's shoulder? Remember, it was the left shoulder. And we prayed, and then she said something, and it moved, and we were like, oh, great, Holy Spirit is up to something. The grace for healing is on Rachel. We prayed again, and we prayed again, and she said the pain was much less at the end. Why did we do that? We want to cooperate with Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit... The grace for healing is flowing in Rachel right now. How, where, let's flow together with it. But it, it, it applies in so many areas of our lives. The next point, why we should celebrate progress. It helps silence the accuser's voice of condemnation, guilt, and shame towards us. This voice, which I'm telling you, the spirits that operate in this realm are louder than the spirits of jealousy and lust and... and um, and greed and, you know, hatred and violence and all those other big ugly things. These are destroyers. Revelation 12.10 says this, For the accuser of our brothers, who accuses them before our God day and night, 
has been hurled down. This is talking about Satan. And in Scripture, he's revealed as the accuser of our brothers. Folks, if he's accusing the brothers before God day and night, don't you think he may be having some assistance with other demonic forces that are doing that for you and me? And I want to submit to you, when we are choosing to celebrate progress, we are silencing the accusations, the lies of the enemy. And the most scary thing is when we are hearing the accuser of the brethren in our own ear, how he's, a, he's wanting to accuse us, the accusations he's making, making against us. We've got to silence that voice. Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Folks, that verse, I trust, will smash the work of the spirit of condemnation in your life and my life. Amen. Next point is this. It increased. Did I, did I skip one? Sorry, I thought I skipped one. What happened here? I know. I've skipped three. Where did three go? It increases the joy of the Lord in our lives. It increased the joy of the Lord in our lives. Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says, The joy of the Lord is, Abby? Our strength. Okay, it's one of those verses, um, and the reason I'm asking Abby, Abigail means Father's joy. So it was probably one of the first scriptures that Abby learned, Nehemiah 8 verse 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. She carries joy. But folks, if you are constantly focusing on your negatives, your shortcomings, your faults, your failures, what does that do for joy in your life? How many get happy? How many of you get happy, for example, when somebody points out your faults and failures, etc.? How many of you have found that that just joy flows? I don't know about you. It doesn't happen. But how about if some, somebody comes along and says, for example, Amu, you know, the way you brought the word last week was just so significant, it really ministered to me. How many of you would realize, whoo, I think Amu's joy levels are going to go up a little bit right there, okay? It increases the joy of the Lord in our lives, and the joy of the Lord is our strength, folks. And let me say, you know, we need, you and I need, strength in the middle of the fight to get to the end, okay? This verse, our key verse is, until, until the, the day of the Lord, when the Lord comes. If the Lord hasn't come yet, we're still here, amen? Until then, we need joy because we need strength. We need to celebrate our progress. Point five. I don't know what happened to three. I've got to go look at my slides. <laughs> okay, why we should celebrate progress? It will increase our celebration of others. It will increase our celebration of others. Folks, this celebrating progress isn't just for yourself. It isn't just the fact that, you know what? You read the Bible four times this week. And you're so delighted that you did because, or are you going to focus that, you know, out of seven days this week, I didn't read the Bible three days, you know, oh, come on, you, you know, what's wrong with you, why can't, or you're going to focus, you know, four times this week, I was nourished first thing in the morning by the Word of God. Or how about, you know what, when they offered me that second helping of pudding on Wednesday night, I actually turned it down. <laughs> 
just roll over. You know? I am I have got such high levels of self-control. It's just it's just ridiculous, you know. It's just ridiculous, you know. It is just it just it's incredible how God's gonna use me. Okay. But how about how about when you notice that your honey pie turned down the second offering of pudding dessert? That afterwards, not in public, remember? <laughs> not in public. You celebrate honey pie's amazing self-control. And, uh, no, Jen, don't say amen. Don't say amen. <laughs> I want to say, you know, I want to say these little things can really make a big difference. Little things can really make a difference. Uh, celebrating progress is not the high level, wow, you know, uh, that, that sermon Pastor Jacques was amazing. It was sometimes just something small. Amen. Hebrews 12, 10 verse 24 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. I want to submit to you, celebrating your neighbor's progress is a way that you can spur them on towards love and good deeds. Do you, how many of you do this? Sometimes just think, who can I encourage? And you go through your phone book and you look at your contacts and say, who can I encourage? Who can I just think of that I can say, well done, thank you, I appreciate this about you, I think you're, you, you, really, you really are great in this area. How many of you do that? Just say, I'm going to have a progress celebration moment. I'm going to find some people that I can just bless them. With celebrating something about them, something they've done, something you appreciate about them, whatever. This is kingdom stuff, folks. This is kingdom stuff. If you wanted to know, that's the end of my slideshow. Okay. <laughs> can we? I, I want to close in prayer. I just want to say, after I prayed, what we want to do. We are wanting, we, we said to the prayer team before the service, that we are wanting to pray for folks and particularly just minister prophetically to people. Uh, and I actually don't want you to stand right now, I just want you to listen. We are very aware that we want to maintain social distancing protocols. So, so there was an ask, the team said, how are we going to do this? And how are we going to do it is, if you would like people to pray for you, to minister prophetically, that you just put up your hand and you just stand where you are. I actually don't want to call everybody to the front because then we, we violate all kinds of social distancing protocols because we all come in one spot. You stand where you are. If you are not wanting prayer, I want to encourage you, you know, then you can just carry on, greet somebody and maybe just move outside. But if you would like somebody, and, and this is the folks thing, folks, prophetic, some people are so nervous about the prophetic. Prophetic is, the heart of prophetic, is catching the heart of your Father. Your Father loves you. The Father created you with such incredible uh, um, uh, purpose and love in His heart. The Father celebrates your progress. And I'm wanting us to do prophetic ministry that will celebrate your progress. Okay, I'm putting, um, we have a focus here. 
where we are going to trust God and say, Father God, what areas of are you wanting to celebrate in our lives that you are acknowledging you can see there is progress? And we're going we're gonna to step up and we're going to trust God for some prophetic ministry, okay? But I'm going to just close in prayer first. Lord God, Lord, I pray that even as I covered... Lord, the reasons that we don't celebrate progress. God, I know there were some big things there. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would work with us. Lord, I pray there would be no condemnation about any one of those points, Lord. There would be no guilt and there would be no shame. Holy Spirit, you simply convict and highlight areas that you are wanting to bring freedom and victory and breakthrough in. And so, Lord... Even as we've highlighted those, would you just, as the verses, bring to completion that work? The good work. Lord, sometimes it just starts with just a conviction. Oh, wow. I need to get a bit of work done in this area. Lord, would you just give us the boldness, every one of us, the boldness to say, okay, I am going to confront this area. But Lord, more than that, may we not do the work of the enemy by just being fixated by the negative, by the faults, by the shortcomings. But God, give us grace eyes. God, you look us with passionate love and amazing grace. God, you see the potential. God, may we see the potential. May we see firstly in our lives, Lord, the baby steps, Lord, the small steps we are making in our lives. May we see them, Lord. Lord, may we celebrate them. And more than that, God, may we see them in others. May we see them in our loved ones, in our friends, in our co-workers, in our colleagues. Lord, whether they know you or love you or not, Lord. May we see progress, yes, in our city, Lord. We, we will, we choose not to focus. In the, oh Lord, it's not that we don't see the negative. We see it, but we're not going to allow that to shout louder than seeing what you are doing in our city. Give us eyes of faith, God, to see what you are doing in the city. We're not blind to the enemy. We're just not going to listen and be blinded by the enemy. We choose to see with eyes of faith, Lord, in our own life, in our friends, our colleagues' lives, our loved ones' lives. Lord, and Lord, I also just pray as, as, as we just step out in this prophetic ministry right now, Lord, I pray for just an anointing. Lord, may we see ourselves as you see us. I pray for every prophetic Lord, may we see these people as you see them. May we call out the gold, Lord. May we celebrate the progress. May we celebrate the grace of God in their lives. God, you are at work from the day you created this planet, Lord. You are still at work. The good work that you have started in us, Lord, you will bring to completion until the day of Christ. Until you return, Jesus, you will not stop doing good works in our lives, Lord we see it, may we believe it, may we speak it, may we act on it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.hispeoplepmb.co.za. And for more of our messages, visit our YouTube and SoundCloud channels, as well as other podcast platforms. If you would like to contact us, 
please email us at hispeoplepmb at gmail.com or send a message to 061-452-0877. To join us for in-person services, visit us at 154 Burkett Road, Scottsville, Peter Maritzburg. We hope to see you soon. God bless you.